Hey, I'm Grant with Grant's Game Rex. Happy to be here on Rado's channel. I do this video here every month and it's always a fun time. So thank you for joining me and thanks for Rado for having me. I'm very lucky and I get to play a lot of games every month. And so this video is about the top five games I've played in that month. Uh, normally I play, you know, something I would guess like 22 new games is an average for me. But this month of October, I played 30 new games. Woohoohoo! Felt good. Felt good to play all these games. And so these are my top five games of October. I hope you find something you're excited about. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Number five is Junk Drawer from 25th Century Games. This is a perfect game for family. If, if I wanted to bring a game home for like the holidays to my family that doesn't play a lot of games, Junk, junk Drawer is like a great candidate for a game like that. It is very light and it plays very quickly. A game of this is like 20 minutes maximum, but it's so relatable in its theme. As the title suggests, it's about fitting random stuff into a drawer. It is a polyomino tile laying game where you essentially put out a few cards and then flip over those cards and you have one of four spaces on your board that you can put that polyomino. And so it's simultaneous turns for everybody, which is really fun and keeps the game snappy, keeps it moving. You flip over a card, everybody has to decide where they're gonna put that item on their own personal junk drawer board, and every different region you have on your board is gonna score in different ways. And one of the best parts about the game is it scales in difficulty really well. There are these challenge cards that are easy, medium, and hard. And if I was playing this game with kids or if I was playing it with my parents or somebody like that that doesn't play a lot of games, I can, I can use the easy cards and then it's really accessible to everybody. But if you want a little bit more challenge, if you're playing with gamers, you're playing with people that know games, the hard challenges are interesting and fun and still very puzzly, even though it's a quick game. I think this game works for both gamers and non-gamers alike because with non-gamers, it's got that relatable theme. It's got the fun sort of puzzly nature. And for gamers, it's still like a great you know, opening game of the night, last game of the night, you know, just a little filler game where you want something warm up. There's enough puzzliness, enough interesting decisions in the game that keeps it fun. And, and again, that theme, I mean, we've all had junk drawers that we're ashamed of that we hope to never open and we don't even know what's in them. And so this game definitely captures that feeling. I live in a place called the Dad Pad, and we definitely have our own resident junk drawer. Let's check it out. What's in here? Ooh, we've got scissors. Yep, those exist in the game junk drawer. We've got tape. Pretty sure that's in the game. We've got a bottle opener. Definitely in the game. 
Oh, screwdriver? Probably in the game. And more bottle openers. This is, we really need to get red, crushed red pepper. Were you looking for that? Probably. You were probably looking for that. I don't even know what this is. Meat thermometer? Meat, is that what that is? I'm just saying. Junk drawer is very relatable because we all have one of these and we would rather not pay attention to it and, uh, and we'd rather not know that it exists. So, junk drawer. Very thematic. Number four is Leaf from Weird City Games. I play a lot of games, as I've noted on here, and because of that, I'm always intrigued by games that are unique. I always gravitate to games that do something different that I haven't seen before, and Leaf definitely feels like a unique game. You are playing cards to get these different shaped leaves and then you are putting them out into a shared area and trying to touch parts of the leaf together. And based on which tips you touch together, you're going to get certain actions. Basically, the more tips you can find connection points with on the table, the more actions you're going to get on your on your turn and so there's this really interesting spatial puzzle where you're trying to think okay if i put this leaf here in that way then i'm going to do all this stuff and it also makes for some interesting choices because you actually don't get any actions based on the leaf you put down you get actions based on the color of the leaves that you can touch with the tips of the leaf that you place. And all the different colors have different actions and different things that they let you do. And so there's always interesting choices of where you're gonna try to, oh, I could touch four tips together over here, but those are not actions I want. Or over here, I can only touch two together, but I really want those actions. I like that decision space in the game. Now, the other stuff you're doing that's not the sort of spatial puzzle putting the leaf down is, is cool, but that stuff is very standard for games. You know, you're putting this down and moving your squirrel up a tree and getting points for getting higher on a tree. You're doing set collection of animals. None of that stuff is gonna like blow you away, but that interesting shared puzzle of placing the leaves down is enough to make this game feel unique and make this game feel interesting to me. So that's that's why I really like it. And you know, it looks really pretty on the table. I feel like this is a game I can come back to every fall because it there aren't that many games that just feel like fall and Leaf for sure does. I wanted to do a bit for this video where I had a Leaf talking about its experience with the game Leaf, but then I realized I live in Los Angeles and I can't find any leaves on the ground. There are no leaves to find. I'm in my backyard and there are no leaves. There are no leaves. Oh, there's one little sad leaf. What little, how do you like the game Leaf? Leaf? This is the only leaf I have found. There are no leaves on the street. You can't do a bit about leaves when you live in a have seasons. That's what I'm learning. No leaves to be found. My number three game of October was Neotopia from Arcane Wonders. If you've watched me before, you know that I really like games with snappy turns. I don't like games with a lot of analysis, paralysis, a lot of downtime. I want it to move, and Neotopia is definitely a game that moves. You, the game has some real interesting choices and strategy, and yet probably plays in 45 minutes or so. 
It is an abstract game at its core, but it looks very pretty on the table, which helps. You are placing these kind of azul-like tiles. They are those chunky acrylic tiles, and you know, they're circular instead of square, but you're placing those out into different regions on the board and then scoring points if you can match the patterns of cards that you have in your hand. So it's an interesting, pretty spatial puzzle where you're putting these things down, seeing if you can match the, the patterns, but then you're also scoring points for creating clusters of your color type and, and, uh, and you're scoring points. There's little tokens that you can get that will get you special abilities or points at the end of the game. And, you know, again, it's like, it's pretty themeless, you know, so if you're somebody that really wants theme in your game, I mean, this is like a future city and you're building up a city, but I can't really tell you more than that because it doesn't come across in the game at all. But I don't mind for a game that just looks cool and plays as quickly as this one. So if you like sort of pattern matching, if you like, uh, you know, chunky pieces that you can hold that feel good in your hand, I think Neotopia is one to check out. It's one that surprised me for sure. It was one that I was like, ah, you know, I, it wasn't high on my radar and I sat, at I sat down at a little convention, someone taught it to me and I really liked it and I've played it multiple times since then because it's just very satisfying to play. I spent a lot of time thinking about like what fun character could I do for Neotopia? What joke could I tell about Neotopia? But it's surprisingly really hard to do a bit about a game that doesn't have a theme, you know? I don't, there's nothing to say about it because I don't, there's no theme in the game. It's fun. The game is fun. Can I do a joke about fun? That, I, that's fun. I like the game. There's no, there's no theme, so there's no character that connects to it. There's nothing. There's there's Grant going, this game is fun. I like this game despite the lack of theme, but please put a theme in your game so I can do funny dumb jokes about it. My number two is The White Castle from Devere Games. And of any of the games on this list for this month, this has the slowest turns, but I don't care because it's so interesting. What you are doing is so interesting, and it's a game that makes me constantly think about it after I'm done playing it. Like, I'm always thinking about like, oh, what could I do different next time? What, what do I wanna, how do I wanna play this the next time I get to play it? And so I've kept coming back to the game. I've played it a bunch of times this month because I've wanted to explore and figure out the game even more every time I play it. Uh, it is a dice placement game, and I like dice placement, dice placement games a lot. I think it's just a really interesting, fun mechanism. But the way you're drafting dice is interesting. There will be dice on these bridges, and only the dice on the left or right side of the bridge, not the ones in the middle, are available. And the dice, mostly the color of them, doesn't matter, except for if you go to a specific few spots on the board. But the dice are gonna get you different actions based on where you play them. And then there's this worker placement aspect of the game where you have different types of meeples and those different types of meeples, you've got gardeners, and they're gonna go over to the gardens and get you stuff from there, get you points and abilities from there. You've got courtiers that go into the castle. You've got soldiers that go and protect the castle. And it's just, you only get nine turns in the game. That's it. The entire, you'll never get more than nine turns 
when you play the White Castle. And so it feels agonizingly tight. You know, every time, every turn is really, really important. You can't mess it up because you got no time to figure it out and right the ship. And so it's just really interesting and really fun and rewarding. And I think it's a game that rewards multiple plays. You'll keep discovering different cool combinations and stuff like that the more you play the White Castle. Devere is a Spanish company, and I feel like nobody told him there's a terrible restaurant called White Castle, okay? Everybody's making those jokes. How can you not make those jokes? It is the most important the in any board game title, because White Castle is one of the grossest places I've ever been. It's got gray meat. Why is the meat gray? It's gray. The, the buns are soggy. Everything is awful. If they didn't have a fun 2000s movie series about them, nobody would eat them at all, and so we really need the the in this. So this game is the White Castle, not White Castle. Gross. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And my number one game of October was Critter Kitchen from Cardboard Alchemy, which is currently on Kickstarter, and I definitely think it is worth checking out. I love the game. It, it's from the same people that made Flamecraft, and so it's got the same artist as Flamecraft, and so the art is really cute and adorable and fun, and so if you like the art style in Flamecraft, you'll for, you will for sure like the critters here in Critter Kitchen. But the main, there are two main reasons I like the game a lot. One of those is simultaneous play. The game is almost all simultaneous play. So like we've already been talking about in this video, I love quick snappy turns. Well, in this game, there's like no downtime at all. You're always doing something. You are picking places for your different meeples to go to and we're all doing that simultaneous and then we have to reveal where we've decided to have them go and then we're all going and sort of um, activating our meeples down the line. And so I, again, it's just you're always doing something. There's almost no downtime in the game at all with all of the simultaneous turns. And the other thing I really like is about how those meeples activate down this line it does the thing I love in games where I have a strategy for myself, but I constantly have to be thinking about what other people are going for, what they're doing as well, because if I don't, I'm going to get screwed. And so I am both sort of holding in my head what I want to accomplish, but also trying to predict 
what you are trying to accomplish so I can outsmart you, so I can so I can go to some place and get more rewards than you, all of that sort of stuff. I love this sort of intrigue of the game where I'm just constantly being like, oh no, what are they doing? It just makes a lot of tension in the game, this fun tension where I'm like, oh, am I going to be able to pull this off? I don't know. What's Jeff doing? What is Jeff doing? And so... I don't know. Critter Kitchen, for sure worth checking out. It's it's uh, it's uh It was my favorite game of October. Of course I liked it, because it's my number one. So, check it out, for sure. We love putting anthropomorphic animals in our games, but it does always make me think of the real-world situation. If there were this many critters in a kitchen, it would be an extreme health code violation. That restaurant's getting shut down. A kangaroo just sneezed in the beef stroganoff. You know, I'm trying to serve tomato soup. The giraffe's getting his tail in it, you know? We got a food critic coming tonight. I found a hippopotamus tooth in the Caesar salad. This restaurant is gross. This restaurant is gross, and I don't want to eat on it, you know? And I do think it's funny. Like, it is funny to imagine, like, a giraffe in a restaurant. Ha, ha, ha. But Cardboard Alchemy also put other kind of animals in this restaurant for Critter Kitchen. There's a mouse in there. Um, that hits a little close to home, huh? You ever had a mouse in your kitchen? Because one time I had a mouse in my kitchen and my solution was to not go into the kitchen for a week, okay? I was like, the kitchen belongs to the mouse now and uh, I hope at some point it turns into a ratatouille situation, but for now, that kitchen belongs to the mouse. I will not be cooking. That's it for me. I hope you're excited about some of these games. All five of these games are worth checking out for various different reasons. Um, if you want to see more from me, you can go check out my channel, Grant's Game Rex, here on YouTube. I'm also on TikTok and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. I put up daily short fun videos on those places. And make sure that you're subscribed to Rado's channel as well. Rado brings us some of the best coverage on board games out there. It's always super informative and helpful. So make sure you're supporting Rado as well. Thanks so much, everybody. I'm Grant with Grant's Game Rex.